Hola, Sue. So I have to begin this morning by correcting myself again. I keep on making mistakes. And yesterday I misquoted, or I gave a quote attributed to Francis Bacon uh, that that natural philosophers or scientists should put nature on the rack. And I did a bit of research on that, and although that statement is often quoted, scholars, historians have looked into it, and they can't find any basis for it. So, retraction. What he did say was that natural philosophers, which we call scientists, should hound after nature to get her secrets. But that could simply be have a relentless pursuit of truth, be very tenacious in your inquiry. So I stand corrected. And now we move on, move on back to the cultivation of loving kindness and following a, a kind of a classic strategy that goes back to Bodhagosa and then, of course, much before him, because he was not a great innovator. In fact, I'm not sure he innovated much of anything, but was rather, rather a compiler, a systematizer of experiences, insights, and so forth, of centuries of contemplative and, one could say, theoretical inquiry that preceded him in the Theravada tradition. We go back to the metta-bhavana, loving-kindness practice, and in this sequence of breaking down barriers, so beginning with ourselves, and sensing that sense of caring with the ambience of, or the orientation of loving-kindness, a positive, positive sense of moving into the realm of possibility, experiencing a greater sense of well-being and the causes of happiness than we have thus far, hence loving-kindness. And so cultivating it, first of all, for oneself, which is actually very ancient wisdom, not simply a modern antidote to self-loathing and all of that, and then extending out to loved ones, and then I will keep on going back to the beginning, but I invite you to kind of assess where you are in your own practice, how far you can venture without slipping into insincerity because that certainly is an element we don't want to include in any kind of meditation. It's pointless. It's dishonest, self-dishonesty. And that is where we, we attend to a certain person and pretend as if, you know, may you be well and happy, pretend as if we're experiencing loving kindness for them, and in fact, don't at all. We just don't even like them, you know, or just don't give a darn about them one way or another. Well, I'll, I'll go through the routine, though. Maybe I'll kid you. I'm not kidding myself, of course. And so at our own pace, extending out from oneself to one's very dear loved ones. And then the idea, of course, is to break down these barriers. And the, and the rationale here is to love those who are very close to oneself as one loves oneself. And hopefully that's a very benign relationship. And then as you move out to more casual friends, perhaps more distant relatives or closer relatives, and then out to neutral people and eventually people with whom you've had some real conflict or adversarial relationship, that all these barriers are broken down. And in each case, you're extending out, as for myself, so for my loved one. As for my casual friend, so for my, as, as for my loved one, so for my casual friend. So for, as my casual friend, so for the indifferent person, and write out, out and sell is quite even. I'll end on this point, because I don't want to talk much right now. And that is, we go back to this really brilliant analysis. That's my sense of it the brilliant analysis that Buddha, Buddha Gosa puts together for all four of the four measurables. And for each of them, he identifies what he regards uh, as the immediate catalyst, what actually arouses the, the, the quality of mind in question, in this case, loving kindness. And he says, for loving kindness is attending to the other, or it could be oneself, and seeing the lovable quality, or the and very nice word in English, the endearing quality, the endearing quality. 
that it's not something aloof or abstract or just kind of conceptual, you know, to whom it may concern, may you be well and happy, but actually attending closely to an individual, a group of individuals, and seeing their endearing qualities, a lovable quality. And so there's really some movement of the heart there. There is some emotion that goes along with it, where your heart is warm, it's open, uh, and it, attending to the other person in that fashion. So in this regard, as with empathetic joy, we are being selective. And that is, we can look on most of the people, if not all, who come into our field of experience, and we might, may be able to find some negative quality or some unappealing quality, and sometimes really awful qualities. They're kind of easy to find. Um, and negative qualities are negative qualities, but here we are being selective. We're trying to go deeper, not to cultivate a sense of attachment or desire, but just that warmth, that affection, uh, by attending to the endearing qualities of the other. So attending to that, and the final point, how many, I get a bunch of final points, don't I? I, I get three or four at least. Um, the final point there is, and I find it really quite extraordinary, and we come back to this theme, it's kind of one of my, my linchpins, for the moment what we attend to is reality, and that is in our actual engagements with others, not just on a meditation cushion where it is a bit more conceptual or imaginal, but when we're actually attending, engaging with other, other people, if, as we do so, we are being selective, we are being selective, and attending to their lovable quality, their endearing qualities, highlighting that, looking for it, attending to it, as we engage with each one. What's the effect? I think you probably have some experience yourself. If a person attends to you as someone who is dear, sees something lovable in you, what does that bring out of you? your better part. And I have I have been the recipient of that so many times by many people, but especially by my own lamas. I can't think of anybody more prominent in that regard than His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, is that he has that quality. He looks upon everyone around him as his brothers and sisters. You know, He says, I never feel lonely. I never feel I'm surrounded by strangers. I always sense a feel, I always feel a sense of affinity. Wherever I am, whatever group it is, I always feel some sense of affinity. He's always looking for common ground and not that interested in that which divides us. The divisions are important. We have to take them into account. But from his heart, what he's looking for is the common ground. And that's, but not just the common ground, like we all get angry, we all have attachment and so forth, but that common ground of virtue. And so when I've engaged with him many times over the last 41 years, I do find that he tends to bring out the best in me because that's what he's attending to. That's what he's addressing is the best in me. Okay? And I found that from many other very loving people as well, um, kind of like all my lamas and all my teachers. They do tend to attend to that and then bring that out. And so in other words, it's good for all. Enough said. Let's jump into the meditation. As an act of loving kindness for yourself, settle your body, speech, and mind in the natural states.
Then once again, arouse your attention, your imagination, your intelligence. Direct your awareness inwards to your own flourishing, your own vision of fulfillment, of happiness, of satisfaction, of genuine happiness. And apply your wisdom to identifying the true causes of such well-being. with the working hypothesis that your imagination does not exceed your potential in this realm, this world of possibility. Imagine the deepest dimension of your awareness, this pristine awareness, symbolically as an orb of light at your heart, and with every outbreath. Arouse this yearning, this yearning of loving kindness. May I be truly well and happy. Imagine, imagine the light of loving kindness and of joy emanating from your heart and filling your entire being with every outbreath. With each outbreath, imagine it to become true here and now.
and turn your attention to someone who is very dear to you, a relative, a close friend, someone for whom a sense of loving kindness arises effortlessly. Attend closely to this person. Attend closely to their lovable qualities. With each out-breath, breathing out this light from your heart, arouse the yearning, may you, like myself, find the happiness you seek and cultivate the causes of such well-being. With each outbreath, imagine this person finding the joy and fulfillment that he or she seeks.
and now attend to another person and then another person of your own choice, whether you remain in the domain of people who are already dear to you or whether you push the envelope, you extend outwards more towards those towards whom you are indifferent and extend the same field of caring, the same field of loving kindness. Let's continue practicing as before, breaking down the barriers and continuing in silence.
and release all appearances and objects of mind and all aspirations. Utterly relax and let your awareness rest in its own nature. Well, that's all. Enjoy your day. See you later.